so I think the only thing is that just looking at where you're talking and where I'm talking, I think we yeah. may need you to speak up a little bit, or maybe okay, I just need sure. to move this maybe a little talk bit a little closer bit more, to you. Talk a little bit more into the mic, yes. Yeah, or something like that. See, look, 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 look at how big and resonant my voice is every damn time. Why is I know, that? right? <laughs> Mr. Dulcet Baritone. Jordan Lane is in my house. Like right now, Jordan Lane is here in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. In in my place, sitting on my couch. We're recording. This is so exciting. I yeah, love it. it's great. Nice you to know? see you in person. It's been uh, at least five years. I'm not sure when the last time we saw each other in person was. I think it was probably either late 2012 or early 2013, shortly after I moved to Vancouver. Yeah. that was, So that was a long time ago. That, that was a while. Yeah. <laughs> it feels like just yesterday that happened, but I, I'm realizing that November will be nine years wow. since I've been here, which is like, holy smokes. But do you want to share with everybody how this visit has kind of mirrored that previous visit in one very specific <laughs> yes. way? Um, so <laughs> Robbie and I met with a friend of the show, Ryan Wagner. And um, uh, Shannon, our new friend, uh, and we basically, within the first two seconds of, of sitting down at the table, I knocked my, my bottle of squirt over um, and, and, and just splashed some all over Roberta. Excuse me. Holy shit, I haven't done that in a while. Splashed some all over Robbie. And... Um, <laughs> And yeah, and, and that and that literally the last time we got together, uh, we went to a coffee shop and same thing within within honestly 30 seconds of me sitting down mm-hmm. at the table, I had basically poured a, a latte into both of our laps um, at, the, at this <laughs> tiny little wobbly table that I didn't realize was quite as wobbly as it was. So mm-hmm. all that is a long way to say um, thank you for trusting me with coming to your house and hopefully I won't like, you know, flood your living room. <laughs> Uh, or something like that. <laughs> I am not nervously eyeing that mug of coffee that I gave you at all. <laughs> well, there's a reason why I put the coaster on the floor, because the second you put your laptop on the table beside that coffee mug, I was like, this is going to end badly. <laughs> so the coffee mug goes on the floor now. <laughs> oh my goodness, I love it. I am seeing like a little bit of red, but that's probably not a big deal, right? No, no, like it's, it's fine. There's, yeah. Okay. Anyway, yeah, it's just... We, we, it, we could trim it a little bit if you want. Uh, we'll get um, it done a little bit like that. I'm just so thrilled that you're here, though, because like it's been, yeah, like we started doing this almost a year ago, which mm-hmm. is hard to believe, right? Well, when, when do we start recording in December, January, something like I, that? I think the first episode came out like January 8th or 12th or something like that. That's right, because like we started talking mid-Jan. about it around the Christmas holiday season. Mm-hmm. And, and you were kind of like, you know, it's okay if you have, you know, if the holidays. And I was like, whatever, let's just do this. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and so, yeah, it's kind of cool that we're actually talking in person and... Um, and that it's ADHD awareness month, but I'm having all these like mixed feelings about all that. We talked about that on the last episode, mm-hmm. just about how awareness months as, uh, as well intended as they are, I think sometimes they can take things into this hyper kind of almost savior kind of mentality. Mm. Does that make sense? Like where people are just like, you need to be aware of this thing. And it's like... Yes, and but also the systems that make this thing really difficult to live with are actually the problem, not so much awareness. Um, and if anything, like, like I feel like I have an abundance of awareness about all the different things that are happening <laughs> in the world, maybe too much sometimes, and it just like gets to be physically uncomfortable sometimes to think about just how many awful things are happening in the world and whether or not like I should be wearing a ribbon about this or whatever is just like, and sometimes it's pretty trivial too. Like, and I can't keep up with them all. You know, if I looked on LinkedIn, like 
it's today is such and such awareness day and you know i've got this and then this week is this and it's just like fuck's sake (laughs) just settle down you know and a lot of the times it's just people are just doing that for attention they don't necessarily want to change how they view it they just want it's like the virtue signaling thing right we've talked about that Mm -hmm. before right it's just like I'm one of the good guys, and LinkedIn is just like where you do that because you want people to think you're nice to work with, mm-hmm. right? But yeah, it's just been a lot of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me, I had a little thing in my throat, but um, yeah, no. So, so it's nice to be out here. Um, it's mm. uh, a beautiful, overcast, rainy day. Uh, it was absolutely pouring Saturday when I came, mm-hmm. um, and and yeah, and I haven't. I haven't actually been to Vancouver when it's been rainy before, so this is kind of a nice treat for me. Yeah. But I will say it is it is making me reevaluate, like, because I was kind of like, oh, well, I, I could I could live in Vancouver, but yeah, I don't know, I don't know if I'd be able to deal with all this rain all the time. Well, what's interesting is that this is, I think, this is one of the more extreme weeks that we've had, and it's so funny because there was literally something called an atmospheric river passing mm. over the Lower Mainland, which yeah, just like dumps rain everywhere and we are in a you know a, a temperate rainforest um but this this was pretty extreme what you kind of like have been experiencing and i'm you know i can see the reflection that there is a little bit of sun kind of poking out um but yeah it's my sister moved to study right and like she's really not coping well it's <laughs> just like there was a picture of her just looking like a drowned rat the other day and she's just like fuck this um i think i'm kind of used to it but i'm also i am i'm grappling right now with uh what I believe is seasonal affective disorder related to that because it's been so mm-hmm. dark. And I do have a, an appointment with my family doctor's locum this week to discuss um, what that looks like, whether whether that's something we should be thinking about treating. And listening to your conversations the other night, um, when, when you were talking about Wellbutrin and other kind of medications, it, it has me wondering if that might be something that could be really helpful for me. Um, because the fatigue that I feel is just like nothing cuts through it. The ADHD medication doesn't cut through it. doesn't matter how much sleep I get. I just feel tired and a little bit hopeless a lot mm, of the time. Yeah. You know? And I, I just want that to kind of not be that way. Yep. <laughs> you know? Um, and I, I understand that it's also used as an off-label medication for ADHD. So, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, full disclaimer, we do this at the beginning of the show, but again, I'm not an expert and I'm not advocating or saying anybody should take one specific route. I'm just really curious about this because from what I've read online, of course, I went reading all the reviews of it and mm. I'm like, this is encouraging. Maybe this could help. Well, yeah. you know, like I, I also deal with seasonal affective disorder and that's, that's what's really making me wonder about that is because i mm. i deal with the same thing in calgary where it is like actually quite sunny like yeah. it's it's cold but it's it's a very very sunny city as far as like canada north america even i think mm-hmm. um and so it's like well if i get way more sunlight out there than i do here like would i and, and i still get seasonal affective disorder like how would i fare when it's like you know kind of dark mm. like this all the time without those kind of blue skies and things um and that's what's kind of making me Making me wonder a little bit. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I have that. I don't know if you see that little lamp that's sitting there. That's a, like a, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. one of those sad lamps. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are kind of, some people say they work, others don't. I mean, for me, it's just having brightness in my eyes for about an hour every morning. I just leave it on. Yeah. And then I turn it off. Um, and I do make sure to get a lot of vitamin D and vitamin C. Um, but I don't know. Like, it's uh, 
we'll see how things go when I talk to the doctor about it. But yeah, a lot of people talk about that when they first moved here, especially especially when when the time changes mm-hmm. and it gets dark at 3:30. Yeah. It's like and it's dark here. It's darker than it, I don't I don't know how to explain it. Somebody's got to have a scientific explanation as to why it's darker on the coast in the mm. winter than it is anywhere else I remember in Canada. It's like when it gets dark, it's like like everybody is out walking their dogs. They have all these little neon things around their dogs' necks and yeah. little because it's just yeah. Even with the street lights and everything, it's so dark. I'm whispering. Well, that's that's what's um <laughs> that that that's the other thing that kind of made me uh just looping into that seasonal affective disorder stuff is is so it's the uh, the mayoral election in Calgary today, of mm. course. And there's some questions as well about um, they're looking at at moving us over to uh, permanent daylight savings in Calgary or mm. Alberta, I guess. Excuse me. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and that's like the sun would be rising at like 9, 930 sometimes in like mm. the darkest parts of the winter. And that sounds awful. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I, I really think that like we either shouldn't take it away or we could go to like standard um like year-round mountain standard but not year-round mountain daylight is going to be like really really awful so i hope that doesn't go through today (laughs) yeah i guess i forgot about that i saw and i had done uh, i saw he had like a nice little farewell video that he posted on his twitter Mm -hmm. account or something and i was like oh that's lovely i remember when he got elected and how i remember being at the ironwood i think there was like a big um a big kind of neighborhood party and um Giancarlo who was our um counselor for that neighborhood mm-hmm. it was like the first night he got elected but the results weren't in for him yet mm. um but it was late into the night and then it was like really clear that Nahed was like way ahead right and and then you know he ended up being mayor for like 11 years mm-hmm. but I remember that being a really intense campaign because MacGyver was a prick and everybody <laughs> was like worried about him getting in yeah and this year I'm not even there and I'm very aware of who this Jeremy Farkas guy is you know and it's just like oh he sounds horrible yeah he's been my uh my my alderman for a while now so oh, yeah yikes mm-hmm. oh they're still using that term i thought counselor well was the... i yeah no i think it is counselor i just i literally couldn't remember the word uh, okay. <laughs> so so i went with alderman. older person yeah well though that that's funny the older person <laughs> thing um i can't remember who it was a former counselor older person who uh, when they tried to do the alder person or someone call her alder woman, she'd be like, no, alderman, that's my title. Call me alderman. <laughs> oh, was Fuck she you. the chain smoking I can't, I, I, that's the only thing I remember about I her. remember her. Yeah. She was like a counselor for the longest yeah, time. Yeah, very long She time. smoked and she was very brash and she just like, <laughs> you know, fuck around with her. Oh God, I remember. I wonder, I'll have to look her up. I think my mom knew her and they were mm. like buddies or something. Not buddies, but you know. Had a few drinks together. Played bridge once in a while. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know if my mom even knows how to play that. But yeah, I'm not. I'm probably just making that story up in my head to connect a dot that possibly doesn't exist. Mm. Um, no, there was somebody else that my mom was friends with who was... Anyway, it'll come back to me. <laughs> um, but it's just interesting like when you think about like Calgary politics and how like the, the characters... Like even somebody like Ralph Klein, who was like horrible in terms of some of the policies he enacted when he got into the provincial government... He was a character like he drank at the at the Louis Hotel like people knew him as like a man of the people mm-hmm. or whatever right like there, I just have a lot of memories of that in Calgary of people being people that are involved in the in politics being I guess more part of communities it's not that they're not here in Vancouver it's just that people are almost like groomed mm. and, it, and the people that are, seem to be involved are very very not that accessible that's the, the characters 
when I think about the city council here. Mm, I guess it's just not the same. Calgary, I mean, kind of had that going for it in some ways. I think that when it comes to the political world, it's just <laughs> very lively. Yeah, we have we have. They're all shitheads, but some of them are colorful shitheads. So you know, that's that, that's I guess better. <laughs> yeah, you're saying it in a way that it actually makes more sense. I think I was just like trying to dance around it a little bit there. It's just like, yeah, there's these real. I mean, there's there's definitely shitheads too. There's the federal election, the guy who ended up winning in like um, in Granville. You know, he's like he's a house flipper. He's made millions of dollars yeah. like flipping houses. And so that guy, like, in that neighborhood, fuck, whatever. Nothing's going to change. And there will never be social housing built under his watch because he just can't cope. And somebody actually said at one of the meetings, social housing belongs in East Vancouver. Like, you you just fucking came out and said, like, that you don't believe that people who live in social housing should have a tree anywhere near them. Give me a break. Anyway, I didn't mean to go off on that stuff, but it is... 2.38 p.m. Monday, October 18th, and it's National Awareness Month for ADHD. Did we already talk about this? Sorry, I'm just kind of going off a little bit. That's okay. Yeah, no, you brought it up a little bit at the start, I think, when we were recording. Yeah, um, I guess I'm just kind of wanting to come back to what happened this morning. I guess I'm just trying to kind of introduce that topic in a way that makes sense, and I just zoned in on the time for that, for whatever reason. Um, But yeah, I guess to kind of set it up a little bit. I talked about this on my social media stuff. So uh, CBC, who is our kind of like our national broadcaster, they have lots of local stations and TV and they're, they have a streaming app and everything. They're kind of big. They asked me if I'd be willing to talk about my ADHD experiences. Um, and I was super stoked about it. It happened on Saturday. It was actually in the middle of a workshop. And I said, hey, yeah, sure, this is really exciting. So they sent over one of their video dudes and he came over and filmed this segment for about 45 minutes. And some of it aired on Saturday night. And then there was an article that was published this morning on their website. Mm. And um, the article um, had a very misleading lead. Um, it it basically said that I had been searching for an ADHD, ADHD diagnosis since, since I was a kid or something like mm. that, and which is completely wrong. And I mean, I was diagnosed in November of 2020 after only becoming curious about it earlier that month and starting to do research. Um, it's not something anybody in my family thought about. It's not something any doctor had ever brought up with me before. I've been misdiagnosed with depression and anxiety multiple times. At any rate, the article was published this morning. It had that misleading lead and then another paragraph that made me sound like the ultimate flake in my mind because it said that I bounced around a lot and then I had trouble keeping work and stuff um and so I saw the article before I had the chance to ground myself in the morning and I was upset and then I made the mistake of reading the comments which has since many of them have since been deleted but people were saying things like don't be so lazy. This is your responsibility. Pull up your bootstraps. What's wrong with this woman? Oh my God, of course she's blaming the system. It was horrible. And I guess I just wanted to kind of point to the fact that even when there is an awareness month and even when somebody is trying to actually quote, get the word out and educate people, they can do it in such a way that is kind of harmful. <clears throat> and the, the producer acknowledged the mistake and when they saw the tweet that I sent about it, they they went into harm reduction mode and they fixed it. 
but in my mind it was a little too late because it's already it was out there um the sort of like personal responsibility attack dogs were already on me and it kind of fucked up my morning like and I'm just kind of recovering now like four hours later <clears throat> so I guess my point is is that like I'm glad that the CBC wants to talk about this but if you have a journalist who doesn't know anything about ADHD and they're trying to frame this you know sort of kind of powerful article to motivate people to want to learn more about it then by all means they need to like be accurate at least and he did go back and listen to the tape and realize that's not it that isn't what I said so I mean in my mind I've kind of been in that situation where I've been in a rush to tell a story and I want to tell it in a way that's going to have the most impact but I miss details and that was a pretty fucking important detail like it's not like I've been thinking about this since I was 10 years old I just discovered it a year ago and I I I guess I just want to say, like, I'm glad that they, they turned it around quickly. Um, but it, it it's still sitting in me. It's still alive in me. I just feel kind of upset that um, that there's still that fucking stereotype, you know. Oh, God, she's been suffering for years. And, you know, poor her. Like, they almost tried to paint me like a victim. And I'm not a victim. Like, I think I have a lot of agency. And I also have a lot of privilege because I have a family doctor, which is really hard to get in this town. So... That's me just kind of dumping that out there um, for anybody who may have seen it or heard it. Um, that, yeah, even the best intentions sometimes can kind of go sideways. Yeah. There's a little bit of tie in there with um, what we talked about, I think, an episode or two ago. Um, I was saying that, you know, awareness usually comes with somebody's story. And that means people are putting themselves out there. And there's mm. like, you know, there's there's um good consequences to that and there's like bad consequences to that and yeah it, it looks like you got kind of the the brunt of some some shitty behavior today mm -hmm. um but yeah but you know I'm, I'm glad that it's starting to kind of you know settle in your mind a bit um you know and, and again i think that I, I i doubt that it comes from a place of wanting to do active harm but mm. you know it's this is something that like you know I kind of, I, I get into arguments with people about a little bit is whether, whether mm. motivation matters or not, whether intention has, like, whether that matters or not. Uh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like, like, well, okay, so you didn't mean to do, you didn't mean to, to, they, they didn't mean to hurt your feelings or whatever, but they mm. did. Um, and so it's like, does, does the intent matter or is, or, or do, are the actions kind of what matter? Right. You know what I mean? So I do. And and I think that, that a lot of people bring that up in, in a variety of different awareness contexts, right? Where they say, Oh well no, it's good that people are talking about it. Um, you know, all all exposure is good exposure, if you will. Um, but if people are working with the wrong information, it, which we're living in an era of misinformation galore right now, then then that's not helpful because it's going to continue to perpetuate people thinking, well, that woman just needs to pull up her socks and just get her shit together. Um, and that, that is really harmful. And it's, um, I'm always harping about Devin Price's work, but again, this comes back to this idea that laziness does not exist. Um, <clears throat> I have never been a lazy person. And that, and in fact, I've always been somebody who, who is prone to workaholism. Like I'll go too hard when I'm really excited about something. Um, and I just feel like 
that, yeah, that was, it was just kind of a misstep. And I think there was a multiple, multiple reasons for it. Um, because the, the person who came over, uh, John, who did the video interview with me, he's a video journalist. Um, and he wants to, you know, tell the story visually. Sure. And then that information was passed off to somebody at the office at CBC who was writing a web story about it, who didn't physically meet me, um, only met me over like a three line email, but who has this agenda to write an article about how it's difficult to get an ADHD diagnosis in BC. And the other factor coming in here is that Ryan had given him multiple names to interview for the story. He chose to highlight me um, and the doctor that's quoted. I thought this was going to be a story with like at least four quote sources. Mm. I thought they were going to interview somebody who was an active counselor. I suggested they get in touch with Cicely Bell Blaine because she wrote a beautiful story about this on her blog that went viral about her difficulty getting access to diagnosis as a woman of color. And her experience was much different than mine. And and I sent them the links to her work so that they could get in touch with her. I don't know her personally. I just see her on social media and we interact like briefly. So that's the part that kind of pisses me off a little bit is that they had suggestions of people to talk to. They decided to highlight my story for whatever reason, probably because, hey, like if he's pretty new to the CBC. He probably has multiple stories he has to write for the day and he's got to get them out in a certain period of time. So I think he just kind of like hammered out that copy on the weekend, thought it was going to be sufficient at 600 words or whatever. This woman is, you know, she's our poster child for ADHD today. We got a doctor, up it goes. But they didn't think about like what they were actually trying to say in the story, which ostensibly was it's hard to get diagnosed. And once you get diagnosed, it's, hard, it's even harder to get treatment. Right. If you go to a walk-in clinic in BC, most of them have signs that say, we do not prescribe ADHD medication, aka stimulants. I've seen them. Like, and it's like, fuck, okay, so if that's the the intent of the article, my experience, um, and I, I said this to John when he was sitting in my living room, I have privilege. I had a doctor for two years who knew me, so when I brought up the idea it was possible, she was very open to the testing and assessing me, and then she advised me on what medications she thought we could start with. That's privilege. Like, there's other people out there who can't even get to that point. So that's like, this is why I'm so adamant about like, why this thing kind of went sideways is because he was also supposed to talk to somebody from the Canadian Mental Health Association. There's nobody from there quoted in the article. So um, I guess that's why it's kind of fortunate that we have this platform to talk about this. So I can even like vent about it a little bit and set the record straight because like, I'm not uh, somebody who really suffered in the system. I've suffered in the system in other ways, like five years of like endometriosis and no treatment, right. which is why I got a family doctor to begin with. Um, so just, yeah, just kind of saying that, that as somebody who did actually work in journalism for a while, that was like the number one thing. And people have pushed back against me when I've written articles with the best intentions saying, hey, you know, you didn't interview this person and you should have, or this, this doesn't really paint me in the way that I thought it would be. And that's, you know, I understand as a journalist, like, you don't want to, like, um, just kind of, like, roll over to somebody's PR strategy. That's bullshit, too. Mm -hmm. But I didn't have a PR strategy. Like, it was Saturday afternoon. I was in the middle of a workshop. I said yes to do this thing. I thought I was going to be quoted once, and I was going to be buried in an article with multiple other people sourced. 
I did not expect it to be, I did not expect to be the, like the focus of the story. And so that's, um, yeah, just telling you that now, I think is kind of helping me get a little bit more clarity about why I was so fucking upset this morning too. Cause it, you know, internet trolls or whoever, people that are just in the comments to just be contentious. That's, I know better than to read that shit and I probably just shouldn't have done it. But at the same time, the article itself was not robust enough for the complexity of what ADHD is and the spectrum of it. And I feel like that's where they kind of missed the mark. Yeah. So maybe I will actually pitch them because John said, you should pitch them on an op-ed about what it's like in midlife to have ADHD. And I was like, well, you just covered it. And he's like, no, you should pitch them anyway. I'm like, now that I'm, <laughs> this has happened, I think that tersely worded emails are going to start flying out the door. <laughs> the tersely worded pitch. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> fuckers. Let me set you straight on this. <laughs> Anyway, thanks for, you know, just listening and holding space for that because I, um, when I texted you this morning and I was like, fuck, <laughs> like, I was so upset. Well, that was, that was the last text I expected <clears throat> to get. And so, yeah, you know, like I'm glad that <clears throat> you're feeling a little bit better about it at least and kind of, um, uh, yeah, just, just coming to a, a place of understanding on it. Um, <clears throat> I had something that I was going to, there was something I was thinking about I was going to, uh, uh, tie this all into and then I've totally forgotten what it was so mm. yeah interesting how that works isn't it weird <laughs> is the squirrel on the balcony by any chance because... uh no but I just saw um is it Janice or Janet the crow um that's probably Muffin um uh Janice is the passive aggressive seagull who oh, only the shows seagull. up in the spring right and she steals right. all the peanuts from the crows um but the crows yeah they've been They've been very active today. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, we can, the, the two younger ones, we haven't really... I mean, it's, I know it's kind of goofy to name them, but I'm pretty sure that's Mama the Muffin. Yeah, because she'll come along and she'll stare at me. She'll sit on the railing of the balcony now and stare at me until there's peanuts in that dish. She knows now that I'm a source of food. Yeah. It, it took like two years for her to kind of warm up. But yeah, I wonder what you're going to tie that back to. Um, do you think it's more about... Like people are kind of so eager to get to a, this is what's going on with ADHD or this is what ADHD awareness is. And that they kind of miss that there's a much bigger picture like mm. that. Um, and then this is something that Cicely wrote in her essay. We'll provide her essay in the show notes because I feel like her experience is one of the more... Um, uh, outraging mm. or outrageous experiences to me um, and I have another friend who I won't name as a woman of color who went through the same bullshit like in trying to get properly assessed and diagnosed and then to get access to um, medications that are known to work so she was given all these different tests and she had to go to multiple appointments and there was a lot of discussion about like um, her private life and her health and her relationships and how she was managing stress. I didn't go through any of that. Nobody, like my doctor didn't even for a second ask about my lifestyle. I mean, she asked about, she knows about my lifestyle. Yeah. She knows me fairly well. Um, but it wasn't like, she never once um, hinted that I might be trying to sell these or like make a profit or, you know, snort them up my nose so I can like write 5,000 words in an hour. <laughs> like none of those questions were asked of me. And it's because I'm a white woman. And that fucking infuriates me sometimes. I just feel like 
that's what they really missed is that and I and hopefully that will maybe become a bit more clear like when I can talk to them some more about it I was just needing to step away and I was so glad that you were here actually because I think um I might have spent the afternoon just trying to fix it. Mm. I mean, I fixed it as best as I could. I went right into solutions mode. This is what this is one of my skills. <laughs> is that when some shit's going down, I like take action right away. I don't fuck around, and I made sure that they fixed it. Um, but uh, I was just glad that you were here to come and chat with me because you were like, "Do you want to just go for coffee?" And I was like, "Let's record about this because I feel like this whole podcast with you and I is like about." Um, talking about this stuff in a meaningful way um, and we put ourselves out there mm-hmm. right and today was the first time that somebody got it really wrong mm-hmm. and it probably won't be the last time and I have to kind of bear that in mind too yeah yeah that the vulnerability that goes with this also means sometimes that I'm going to be crying on a Monday morning if somebody fucks it up yep there's there's you know it's <clears throat> it's 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 you know, putting all the stuff out there that, that we have over the course of 30 episodes or so, it's like, even even right from jump, like the very first episode is is us both kind of talking about our low points, mm-hmm. um, you know, things like that. And, and are there people out there in the world that like ha- probably have access to this information that like... I feel weird or shitty about them knowing that about me. Like, yes. But at the same time, you mm. know, us kind of putting things out there like that is why we get some of the other types of contacts and emails that we do. Like, mm-hmm. I remember one of the one of the first voicemails we got. Um, I've forgotten the person's name now. But just, yeah, but just saying, like, you know, hearing, hearing him hearing my experience of just, like, describing yes. my my own, like, problems with drugs and things helped him recognize, like, oh shit, maybe this is kind of what's going on with me. And so like, mm-hmm. you know, if 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 somebody that I knew in the sixth grade knows all this fucking weird, embarrassing shit about me now as a consequence of me posting this on Facebook or whatever, mm-hmm. then like, fine. But wh- why, why am I giving that, you know, you could say this about the other thing too, but mm-hmm. why, why am I giving that person's opinion any weight? Why do I care about what this person from sixth grade thinks of me and like, mm-hmm. you know, all, all these other kinds of things. It's, it's, yeah. Um, it, it takes a lot to put yourself out there like that. And yeah. It, and, and, and sometimes there's going to be like shitty things from it, but I, I mm-hmm. think that it's still worth it to do because mm-hmm. of, of, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like, um, not not I guess maybe not high risk high reward is the right word but yeah it's just mm. like it's it's it can be weird and vulnerable but there can be really positive things that kind of come out of that and I think that the positive aspects of of sharing outweigh the kind of like embarrassment or shame or whatever mm. that I might feel about about some aspect of my story so yeah I think that's a really good point Jordan um that yeah I, I'm trying to kind of ground myself in that sort of original um idea that you and i had when you know when you reached out and said let's start doing this thing and at that time i didn't think that much about how vulnerable it would feel or how queasy it would make me when like one of my former colleagues looks at my profile on linkedin this morning when i'm saying that that information is wrong Mm. and i see that they're not the only colleague that um has been looking at that that i used to work with and like that 
that sits in a really uncomfortable place in my belly because that experience was so difficult for me. And it may have panned out differently for me had I had the awareness that I have now. Yeah. I know that there was definitely a lot of hostility towards difference in that organization. I think they're actively trying to fix that. Um, but my experience was unfortunate. Um, and and I can't I can't do anything about how they view me. Yeah. Right? They could just see me as this like um, yeah, deeply flawed person who didn't meet their strategic goals. Sure. When in fact I fucking did and they got lots of great content out of me. I still feel like, um, I still feel some shame around that. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, I mean, you know, what? Not, not to be too glib about it, but like, the, these are people that you, your former colleagues, I assume that you have no interest in going back to that organization. No. So then why do you give a fuck what any of these people from this organization mm. you don't want to go back to think? <laughs> Who gives a shit? Like, it's, it's such a good point but i mean at the same time i'm actively looking for part-time work yeah and so that was like a big like i think that's what was the biggest gut punch for me is when they had that paragraph in there saying that i had difficulty in that regard and painting me as this flaky job hopper because that's not true the reality is i have stayed for long term in certain kinds of work and i have been writing actively for 15 years that's not flaky. Mm-hmm. It's just that when I get into an organization that, that, like I said before, is hostile to difference, then I'm not going to be able to thrive or, or do as well as I could. And so you're right. I don't want to go back there, but I do um, need to sustain myself and I do need of to course. be having, you know, work come in the door. So if somebody sees a CBC article after they Google me because, um, you know, I send in a job application and like within the first three paragraphs, it says she can't keep a job. Well, Jesus, there goes my resume in the in the garbage pile. Trash that, right? So that, <clears throat> I think, was one of the things that was top of mind for me. Um, so hopefully, I mean, there's a couple things I'm applying for this week. Now that the article's updated, it doesn't sound like I'm that bad right <laughs> well that's i'm glad that you that, that you just said that because you just triggered what it was uh what i was going to bring mm. it back to a while ago was uh exactly what you said about googling yourself mm. i i have never ever 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 searched my own name because the prospect of what i might read frightens the fucking shit out of me <laughs> For, for no reason. I don't have some, like, cancelable, awful past that I'm running away from or, like, bad opinions or things. Like, there's probably nothing out there, but I'm just, I am so scared of just, like, typing my name into a search engine and someone being like, yeah, this guy's kind of a fucking dipshit or whatever. And, like, <laughs> and, and yeah, and so, like, I, I honestly, I have never googled myself like not even once because Mm. i am i am fucking terrified of what i would find but again that's it's it's this this really kind of hilarious combination of like main character syndrome and also like self-hatred right where it's like it's like oh god there's gonna be there's gonna be so many people writing negative things about me like like that that that's that's what an egomaniac believes yeah like like that i'm that i'm interesting or or mm. a shitty enough person with all the shitty people out there that like i warrant being like singled out somehow or whatever mm. it's like <laughs> you know it's 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 pure narcissism but it's like mm. it's it's this really weird kind of like yeah this 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 narcissism that you also don't want to own up to so you have to find a way to make it this weird sort of negative narcissism of like everybody hates me you know it's like well no 
nobody hates you because nobody's even thinking about you. Whether that's worse or not, I don't know, but that's that that's what it is, right? And so, um, yeah. okay, uh, we can we can maybe edit this part out, but I'm mm. I'm gonna ask what maybe kind of an unfair question, but like, mm. if you hadn't, I'm I'm curious, like. Do you think that you Streisand affected yourself a little bit by posting this thing on LinkedIn and on Twitter saying, like, I can't believe what awful things got written about me? Because, <laughs> like, would some of you, say, your former colleagues or whatever, like, would they have seen that article if you hadn't posted that thing? Um, oh, that's such a good question. Because I felt like I was in crisis management mode yeah. because of my background in communications. And then I felt like I needed to get, get ahead of, of this it. thing. Yes. And it's such a good point that... Maybe they hadn't seen it, but at the same time, I know that a lot of my former colleagues read that website right, and right. they have the app on their phone. And it right. was like the second story, like right. above the fold. This was not something buried, something it randomly in a Facebook group. It was like right out there on a website a lot of people look at. Yeah. And so I don't think that's an unfair question and I'm okay with it being out there. Um, I think that was just my communications background, wanting to get ahead of the crisis yeah. and, and let people know that that was not accurate. Right. So what I did say, and a lot of people were commenting, people were calling me a warrior. I'm like, I don't know about that, man. But like... Maybe they were misspelling warrior. <laughs> it's actually... You're such a warrior, Rupert. I keep going. Because <laughs> most people on LinkedIn... Well, some of them call me Robbie now, but I mean, it's kind of half and half and I'm right. cool with that. But it's just like... Like people calling me a warrior, I was like, that's a little much. But at the same time, if somebody had seen that when it went live or whatever first thing this morning and then seen the updated version and heard my perspective on it, I feel like that is important because at the same time, what I think is because I noticed that there was multiple people from my old organization mm. who were looking at it in private mode that that's an excuse for them to say, see, it wasn't our fault that she didn't work right, out here. Right. And I feel like it's really important that it was the organization um, not being a welcoming place for neurodiverse people. Um, and I don't want to go down any kind of like litigious conversation about that. But at the same time, it was pretty clear that they were hostile to the way that my brain worked from the jump. So I don't want to spend too much time on that but i i do feel like that was in fact me being strategic mm. and just saying look like you may have seen this article and it's fucking bullshit so that does not let you off the hook for being a dick to me right, if we work right. together because you were in fact a dick to me and if you're listening you know exactly who i'm talking about <laughs> fucker anyway <laughs> i didn't say any names <laughs> Oh, <laughs> you laughing? It's 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 funny again. It's if 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 someone really has that low of an opinion of you, they're probably not listening. To they're your probably podcast. not listening. They're probably and not listening is... to your podcast. That's I know. <laughs> but like, what really set me off this morning was knowing that more than one person from that organization was looking at that. Right. That and that tells me that there were in fact people that are interested in what this what this article had to say. Um, so I. I, you know, and that's probably somebody from HR because I signed an NDA, right? So it's just like, <laughs> just want to make sure I don't get my ass sued today after everything else that happened this morning. That would suck. <laughs> but I haven't used anybody's names or nobody. Yeah, whatever. Um, all that to say, 
I mean, it is good that people care enough to talk about ADHD now, I guess. Absolutely. Um, they did get rid of that fucking graphic they had on the TV show segment because I sent him an email about that. I didn't. I'm not sure I know what you're referring to. Okay, so. You may see this sometimes when you Google ADHD images and it's like a picture of like childhood like play blocks and it just says ADHD and it's supposed to be like it makes it look like ADHD is like this childhood thing and it's just for kids yeah, yeah, and yeah. you know and every time I see that used in any kind of ADHD content I bristle because it's like literally this is about ADHD in, in adulthood and that was what they led with on Saturday yeah, night yeah. so I was like tersely worded email on Sunday morning like <laughs> How how many of those photos do you remember seeing working at iStock? Oh my god! Th yeah, things spelled out in the fucking play blocks. Oh my god! Right? It, it, yeah, and just like you know, some of them kind of make sense. Like again, it, it it kind of makes sense not because it's true, but because of the kind of popular understanding of ADHD that they would mm. use that to illustrate it. But then like. You just, you'd see things like budget written out in these kids' play blocks. And it's like, what? Who is this for? Like, <laughs> what, what, what fucking sense does any of this shit make? But right. yeah, I, I, it's, you're right though. It's, it's like the, um, you know, there, there's, there's, uh, a, 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 some autistic people that really hate the puzzle piece shit, um, mm. for kind of similar reasons. Right. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of. I, I can I can see why why that made you feel some type of way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I and I I think it's um okay. So this could I'm just gonna be... get a little bit of coffee here. Mm hmm. Um, we can just kind of pause at this part. Put on the Jeopardy music. I'm just trying to hold on to my thought, but um, you can start talking. I can hear you. Okay, cool. So, um. It is, I think, kind of part of a larger conversation. And I used to think about this a lot when I was writing a little bit about music here and there. It's like if you don't know that much about a subject as a journalist, um, it can actually make for a really interesting article if you ask a lot of the right questions, if you're genuinely curious, if you're coming at, from it from a place of kind of beginner's mind and genuinely wanting to learn. Um, and I have seen that play out really well. Um, but when it comes to things like mental health, when it comes to neurodivergence, if you're just coming at it from this angle of there's, it's hard to get a diagnosis, that's fine. But if you don't understand all the nuances of that, um, then the mistakes are going to happen, right? Um, so yeah, I mean, this would be a fun one to talk to Jesse Locke about, right? Because he's a musician who writes about music and he's incredibly successful at it. And when I used to write about music, there were certain musicians that like, cause you know, it would usually be like the editor would send out an email, who wants to interview so-and-so and get tickets? And I, you know, okay, cool. Yeah, I really like those guys, but I don't, I don't know how to ask them about the more technical aspects of their music. I would just be coming at it from a more fan-based perspective, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I don't know what your thoughts are on that because I think this is like, yeah. I, I think that you're absolutely right is that um, there, it sounds unfair, but the type of person that you don't want to write a story is the like middle knowledge person. You mm. want like someone with total beginner mind who is, they're asking all of these questions because they're curious or you want like a subject matter expert if they're like, say if, if it is, you know, there, there's something that has like a little bit of kind of technicality or a specialist audience. You want someone who can go deep on that stuff 
or someone that knows nothing about it because then the people that they're talking to kind of have to dumb it down a few levels mm. in the process and that helps for lay people too right mm -hmm. um but where so so with that beginner mind though you gotta as you say do your due diligence to make sure that either um you are not kind of inserting your own opinion or mm. or your interpretation of things or whatever or you need to get other people to say those things that you actually think which is like of course the classic journalist trick of like i'm going i already have a side of this issue that i know and so i'm just gonna like stake out a bunch of people that i can basically like sock puppet because i know that mm. they'll say the same things i'm already thinking and so like you know i've, I've both been a thought puppet and a, a puppet master absolutely in that way without meaning to unintentionally yeah. I, it's usually intentionally for me i, I fully <laughs> recognize you know like i i, I i'm not I think that the idea of objectivity and reporting is just absolutely ludicrous just because mm. we're humans. It's it's like the Heisenberg uncertainty principle. You can't fucking observe mm. it without affecting it in the in the process, right? So we may as well just like get get all of our biases right out there in front of everyone. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny because that's a lot of what my sister studying in her master's program too. Is like, of course, everybody has bias, right? And I think it was Thomas on Twitter who was saying, like, if you're part of like, what did he call it, the chatter class of the U.S. Because he had a journal, he has a journalism background too. And so I think there's a difference between a working class journalist and like an Ivy League journalist, mm. right? In a lot of different ways, um, because even what I experienced in school as a working class journalist, I was more likely um, my biases were towards um, communities that were whose stories were not being told accurately. Right. But I never really went down that path because I didn't want to double traumatize myself, right? Um, in writing stories about places where that were a little too close to home for me. Right. right. Um, so it's why I kind of ended up going down the arts path because I think, and I said this to my sister at Thanksgiving dinner, one of the reasons I kind of veered away from journalism is that I'm more interested in the truth than facts. Mm. Right. And I think to me, um, the truth lives in the nuance and it lives in longer conversations. And I think that's why this podcast is so great for, for me to kind of explore is that you can't distill something as complex as ADHD into a 500 word web article. It's not, you know, to bring it back to that, but, um, and it's why I'm more interested in other ways of telling stories, um, because it takes time to really unpack something properly. Right. Um, and yeah, it just I'm sitting, sitting with that thought right now, because mm -hmm. it's um, it's why there are podcasts out there that are three hours long. I'm not going to listen to that because that's a little much, but like it, it takes it takes time to to really understand something. And I mean, if it's, you know, a year in November that I discovered I have ADHD and I'm still learning so much. And I'm still considering like whether the medications that I'm that I'm on at the moment are the best choice for me, whether with my age as a woman and my hormone levels have a lot to do with it, um, where I'm at in my life in terms of this was my big awakening this week. Mm. I have to stop using the term career because mm. it's not mm. accurate. I'm not somebody who's chasing titles. That's not titles don't mean anything to me. 
It's why I don't do well in a meeting if somebody is like the director, but they're an idiot. I can't, I can't cope. <laughs> um, so I feel like it is more of a sense of a calming, like the things that really feel urgent to me that I need to talk about and find ways to make sure that that is financially viable. Um, doing work that, you know, paid work that um, might not have the most fancy title next to it, but that like pays consistently. I'm, I'm more interested in that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, doing podcasts and telling stories and possibly even making a documentary about ADHD because it's, that's more interesting. Do you think you're, do you care about career titles? Does that... uh, no, um, no, I, I never have. Uh, that that status-wise doesn't interest me at all. Um, but I was actually thinking about that uh, this morning after, after uh, you were texting me and I read that article. Mm -hmm. um, because I was thinking about that, um, it's interesting if, if you and I being um, relatively low in the hierarchy of, of our given organizations, like if you or I as, as cogs in the machine were to switch jobs once a year, it would be like, oh, this person is flaky, this person has a, has a spotty employment history, whatever, because they've only been there for a year. But like how much of the c-suite and like executive level turnover do you see like yearly every two years that's a very very common thing but no one would ever be like oh look at that fucking flaky ceo who's at a different company every year right because they're like, chasing like, prestige. oh no this this guy oh he just he just goes he's at a different company every year and it just <laughs> blah, 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 oh my god oh he's at a different company every year like what a fantastic person and it's like the same thing but you know because <laughs> you and i aren't given the benefit of the doubt on that right so mm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, to your point, at my last employer, five different directors of the department that I was in in five years. What the fuck, right? And those people have all gone on to, like, you know, different organizations in the same capacities, yeah. right? So, yeah, I, I, I think that's a really good point. Um, that at some levels of organizations, like, moving on when you've sort of, like, when the next big enticing title, you know, calls your name is, is considered like, you're a maverick. Absolutely. Whatever, you know, and it's just like, but if you're in the sort of like mid communication sector or whatever, and then you move on after nine months because you're in a toxic workplace, then <laughs> like you're the flaky one. I don't know. Like the, the system is pretty messed up that way. And I am still kind of marveling at the fact that, yes, indeed, I have, I have actually done long-term work in certain sectors. It's just not... And there are some sectors too where being at the same place for a long period of time just isn't fathomable. Like the burnout levels are high. Journalism is one of them. Um, so people just move on to other things. Communication, same thing. Yep. If you're just like constantly in crisis mode and getting ahead of things like I was this morning just in my own little shitty PR world. God, you're, and you're doing that all day. That's exhausting. Yeah. Um, people that work in government communications and stuff. I see those job postings and I'm like, I'm not going there because <laughs> I don't want to have an emergency meeting at 7 a.m. on a Sunday about a Facebook comment. Not interested. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's a really good point that <laughs> people just like they decide like they want to go. And I've, I've talked to people like this, at the, you know, they work at UBC, right? Super hierarchical, right? It's like if you can just like keep going up, up, up. Mm -hmm. people are just trying to get up to the top of this this i don't know this hierarchy that is so like dense and wide and nebulous and confusing i mean some people can navigate that some people thrive in that environment right some people are really like motivated by the the competition mm -hmm. of like 
I started here and next and then I came out here and then came here and and now I'm the you know I went from the dishwasher to the owner and I knew people in restaurants that were like that I knew a guy Bob in Calgary who literally started as a dishwasher at Buzzers and then ended up running the joint wow you know and and those kinds of stories I think are like in like kind of baked into like the capitalist narrative right like you start doing the shitty thing and soon you'll be doing the juicy mm-hmm. thing um, but most people don't it doesn't work that way most people it's like you get the shitty gig and you just can't wait to get the fuck out of there and go do something else right or you just get treated really poorly <laughs> that's a whole other thing too how did that even start oh i was asking you about like if you consider like a, a career calling even part of something there. no it's it's yeah i don't i don't i'm not a career-oriented person i never have been um money doesn't interest me power status don't interest me um yeah i i just like it's it's never kind of been where i get my sense of of self-worth from um so yeah i guess like not really like it's it's yeah i don't don't know really kind of like what else to say about it (laughs) other than like no that that's kind of not that's not really ever been where i got my my sense of self-worth you know i'd be i'd be happy to do whatever if I'm getting fairly compensated for it. But of course, that's that could be harder these days. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah. The economy being what it is, right? And there's a lot of weird things happening right now. Um, and, you know, I like the idea too, like what you said, like when you had a job where it was like, I need to dig this ditch at this golf course. And I know exactly what the, excuse me, what everything is that I need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have had little gigs like that here and there and that they were pretty satisfying. You know, and and then I've signed up for this workshop, this ADHD um, community with the uh, the divergent designer, I think is her name, mm-hmm. um, Mar- Marta Rose is her actual name, and it just started this weekend. I'm really excited about it, and I'm like, okay, so maybe I can like start to make all these get funding documentaries, and then this whole thing with the CBC happens, and I've like missed the whole email chain and all the shit that's happening there. And I need to kind of get back into that because that was supposed to be my focus, right? right? Like, I'm committing to something to at least contain, like, create enough of an outline for it to start moving it forward, right? And I even commented on Jen Pastelov's like Instagram, mm. and she fucking like connected me to some showrunner in LA. So like cool. that, I need to like be focusing there and not so much. <laughs> and this is funny. As well as said this this morning after I calmed down. He said, that article's just a fart in the wind. No one's going to care about it tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, that's, I need to like have that more, more of that attitude of just like, whatever. It's just, you know, it's ADHD awareness month and they're going to keep putting up those silly little kid blocks articles <laughs> and whatever. And, and we'll just all move on with our lives. That was um, one, one last thing um, <laughs> on that subject. Uh, I, I think that it is very admirable um, just cause it's so different from how I operate that like you do get into crisis management mode and, and get out in front of things. Because if, if that had been me, if I had like woke up and read this and been like, Oh, I don't like the way that this reads at all. I would not have gone into crisis management mode. I would have crawled back in bed and just been like, yeah, like, you know, I just, I'll just not get on the internet for two weeks and you know two weeks from now no one will like everybody will have gotten the all all the all the mean juice out of their system or whatever and then like i can go back and just like 
yep, just just continue to live in that blissful <laughs> ignorance. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I would not have gone into crisis management mode. I would have just been like, yeah, just just like hiding mm. with my heart in my throat all day. <laughs> right. Just like I hope nobody sees that, right? <laughs> And it's funny because as soon as I thought there was like 40 some odd comments, I'm like, well, CBC's stoked because there's like activity yeah, on engagement. that. And that's just like publishers get horny about that. They love that <laughs> stuff, right? So it's like, I get that. Like, And I guess that one of the moderators, the, the producer sent me an email, was profusely apologizing. And he, and he quoted one of the moderators as saying, tell the subject we're really sorry. Like, I'm just the subject, right? <laughs> whatever right they don't care like they're moderating shit like going down that's like way more intense than the political stuff so for them they're probably like whatever adhd lady move on you know? I, don't, like, I don't i don't think that it's yeah i don't i wouldn't take subject as being like a dehumanizing thing it's literally probably just their internal lingo like uh, yeah that's like true. like subject or source or whatever kind of depending on source on is actually that's actually yeah with the journalism background i have subject and source yeah that's just me overthinking the shit out of things I could do, right? <laughs> All my feelings, I'm so sensitive. Yeah, no, it's 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 not like yeah, like like you're you're kind of it seems like the way you're taking it is like if they had called you organism or something. <laughs> like tell to, to to tell the organism that uh, we send our apologies and it's like, yeah, I get why subject is like a little bit weirdly kind of dehumanizing, but mm. I think it's just like, yeah, just journalism. You are you were one of the two subjects of that article. Well, actually, no, you were the subject of that article. The 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 it's doctor like, guy was like the he could have been a source, I guess. For but Christ yeah, sake. you're you're the subject. Like why not have the expert up at the top? Anyway, that doesn't matter. That's over now. We're moving on. Um, and we're actually coming up on an hour, if you can believe it. Oh, we're yeah. At like 5926. Yeah, um, so, yeah, you're here. And we're going to do some fun stuff this week. We got to hang out with uh, Shannon and Ryan and have some tacos on Saturday on our rainy night. And then we're going to be interviewing Ryan mm-hmm. on Wednesday. So that's really excited. So um, we'll, that will be for next week's. Um, this will be for this week and then. Because our show calendar is so densely mm-hmm. packed, packed right now. Um, and yeah, um, we should probably record. Maybe we can do it after uh, all our Patreon folks because we have a new Patreon. Too. Yes, that's right. Yes. I just talked to myself. You don't, you don't, you don't have to get mad about it. Like, <laughs> I, again, I don't. I don't think that it's wrong. It's just I say patron. If you want to call them our patreons, I think that's great. I'm just like you know, uh, uh, I, I refuse to just give them any more uh, free promo than I need to. You know, so I, I would never call cola Coke generically. Ah. <laughs> so 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 I'm just like you know. <laughs> now I see what you're thinking is on that. Okay, that makes sense actually. Um, anyway, the, the, well, the, the point I'm trying to make, though, is that it's not something to get fucking flustered about. <laughs> to do this, to smack my head. Yeah. I found out what smack my head, what SMH means. I didn't know what that meant. I had to Google it this morning. Oh, see, this is an interesting point of uh, divergence between us, because I am of the opinion that it is shaking my head, not smacking my head. So oh. I, SMH to me is just like... Oh, okay, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, that's even worse with the comments this morning because somebody was like, well, duh, like women are 50% of the population. And the point was that 60% of our audience are women. 
because there's so many women discovering they have ADHD right now. But of course, the guy in the comments is right. like, whatever, they're helpful. Well, like, okay, yeah, sure. Half <laughs> half the planet is women, yes. Uh, is half of the total pool of podcast listeners women? I fucking doubt it. Mm. They're, it's more popular with women than it's ever been, but I still, I couldn't see women as a total pool of podcast listeners being more than 40%. I would say that it's probably still majority men. It's not based on anything but a hunch. Right. <laughs> and the, But it, what was funny is that because moderators had hopped in at this point when this guy started saying that shit, and they shut him right down. They were like, multiple studies have shown that women do, in fact, get the... And they all just... And I was like, oh, I don't even have to say shit. The moderators are here now. <laughs> you know, just kind of like walk away. But yeah, that SMH thing shaking my head okay now that i know well no it's it's not that i don't i, I it, it's both depending on who you ask right head. yeah I'm so like, oh. right and so i thought it was like oh like this like he was kind of like oh wow i didn't know that mm. but in fact he was trying to <laughs> shake his head like at the article yeah like, come on cbc whatever like doing that whole thing yeah uh, uh whether it's smacking or shaking i don't know that i ever read smh as a positive thing i think <laughs> I, think, I think it's always intended to convey uh some sort of negative emotion <laughs> and in this case it was one of these kind of like dudes who are like women gotta stop complaining about shit you know whatever it's just like move on buddy and but the moderators are there now and I'm, to, I'm not looking at the comments on an article again at least for no, another day. <laughs> he just, he, <laughs> oh, you know, there's there's that there's that classic thing of just like, you know, the 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 cliche of like this smells like shit. Smell it. <laughs> it's it, but it's you doing that to yourself over and over again. There's I'm just, I just, I just want to. I'm just, I'm just gonna stick my nose in that turd again, this just to make horrible. sure it smells as bad as it did yesterday. What, <laughs> what if it's, what if it's a little bit fresher today? <laughs> oh God, it still stinks. Who could have seen this happen? <laughs> Why do I feel so sick to my stomach? I better go smell that again. Oh my God. And that's exactly it because there's dopamine involved in that too. Even like if it is like the outrage dopamine. Um, but yeah. Full disclosure, I didn't take my medication this morning because I just like, got into this cycle like, spiral thing on this silly article that is a toot in the wind, according to my partner, who I may very well be valiantly commenting towards people right now. I don't even know if he's out there defending my honor. That'd be kind of funny. But I've known this for years. Don't read the comment section. I'm surprised that most news sources even have them still but again you're it's it's engagement and numbers so yeah it is yeah. um and when it's something like an awareness month i think because they do turn them off on certain things i've noticed on the cbc website and i think they probably just had a brief like should we turn this on off yep on okay good <laughs> off to the races <laughs> and then there was literally somebody sitting at the keyboard going adhd <laughs> like right away <laughs> just like as soon as the thing went live so that's in a way, like, I'm living rent-free in their head. <laughs> like, yes, they got into my head for a little while, but I'm moving on now. Um, but, yeah, there's, you know, somebody in Burnaby right now is, like, just, like, frothing at the mouth. And I'm, in a way, kind of, like, grateful that they haven't, like, been so invested that they've decided to, like, troll me elsewhere on the internet. Mm -hmm. They just, like, had their one little you know right they got it's, their jollies it's localized then, to the page yeah but that's just probably you know the whole contrarian mindset it's just like that people just hang around news websites who are probably just like wishing 
<clears throat> that they have their own platforms and their own way of discussing the things that matter to them. <clears throat> um, and it, yeah, I think that's like at the heart of like what a lot of the issues are in the world right now is that people just don't feel understood. So they just, they, they use comment sections. Thank God this thing isn't on Facebook and I'm not there anymore. Cause could you imagine? <laughs> I can just imagine. Oh, a little clown faces and shit. Oh my God. Anyway. <laughs> Jordan's like laughing his ass off me because it's like move on, Robin. No, it's it's not. I, I don't. I, I think that you should spend as much time on it as you want to. But I don't think that you're doing yourself any favors by dwelling on it. Just right. like you weren't doing yourself any favors by looking in the comment section <laughs> in the first place. Yeah. But again, I'm not. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. I'm just here noticing that when you live your life a certain way in certain respects, it doesn't seem to make you that happy. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's true. And and I think it just like was incredibly happy to just pro- not happy, but it was just really good to process it with you today because I I know you understand you get this stuff. You know me well enough to know that I am not being narcissistic in this. It's just like. It's just like misinformation just really, it just pisses me off. Well, no, nobody it. wants to feel misrepresented and, mm. and especially, you know, I'm, I'm sure not that it justifies it, but I'm sure that famous people or whatever get used to it. But like, you know, if you're you or I and you mm. get your name in the newspaper once a decade, if at all, like, you know, you're, you're, you're going to place a... a you're going to place a certain importance on that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's true. <clears throat> but it, I think what it also points to, too, is that taking charge of my own narrative is really important. And I feel like that's what we're doing right. a lot with this podcast. Um, and in the writing that I'm <clears throat> doing wherever I can, that like my story is mine. And if somebody gets it wrong, then that is going to, I am going to go into crisis management mode and there will be emails flying around, but um, that I can let go. I can sort of put it behind me. And yes, it's a good thing that the CBC is talking about this. Um, and hopefully other organizations and people will be as well. But awareness months only go so far. People actually have to really educate themselves and um, learn how not to be assholes to people whose brains work differently. That's it. It should, it should be so simple. Just be <laughs> kind, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, I am going to probably, um, you know, when I went off about... I said, yeah, that guy was a dick or whatever. And if you're listening, you're a dick. We'll just edit that out. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like, he's probably not listening. But still, if a potential former, or if a potential collaborator or client comes down the road and they're like, whoa, I don't know. Yeah, they probably don't need to. I, I, I honestly, I think that you <clears throat> are super overthinking that stuff for a couple of reasons. Um, I, I am really honestly of the opinion that if people are looking to work with either you or I on something, see, like hearing something like that wouldn't phase them. That wouldn't be the thing that got them to reevaluate. Because if they're looking to work with either of us, it's because of exactly those things. Of like, mm. we're honest people. We don't pull punches. Like there's 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 mm-hmm. there, there's a kind of fearlessness there to that. Um, but yeah, I I just like I I think that people with kind of brash is maybe too strong of a word but let's say unconventional voices Mm. um really kind of like get it in their head that like oh i'm 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 getting a little bit of kind of like a reputation or something now and like i had better 
sand the edges off and it's like uh-huh. well, no the the edges are why people are are wanting to engage with you in the first place is because you are mm-hmm. not sanded off like that so right but yeah oh that's a good point i mean it's not like i'm gunning for like a c-suite position yeah. <laughs> that's really funny actually <laughs> but but just really though so so like, so like, think th- think of if there's someone that listens to the show and they're like Oh, uh, uh, I want to throw some copywriting work Robbie's way because I really like her voice and she seems like an interesting person. And then, like, would they get to you being like, oh, like, fuck this dickhead that I... And they'd be like, whoa, where did this come from? <laughs> if, 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 they've, if, they've, if they're familiar enough with you to want to throw mm. work your way... Uh, based on who you are and not like, you know, your, your samples of writing or whatever, like that's that they want that they want Mm. you for your personality. They don't want some wimpy boulder, boulderized, boulderized. I forget how you say that word, but, um, just, just like self-censorship basically. Ah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's a good point. That maybe that sort of feisty quality that I have can sometimes be a good thing. And if people have been listening for any length of time, or even, yeah, even if they follow my LinkedIn, like, it's not like I'm going, like, this is how you do it, the old copywriting, or whatever. That's not, like, that's not my vibe. So that's a good point. Anyway, um, we're at, like, 11, 1, 11. I keep saying 11, 11. That's, like, not quite 11. <laughs> whatever that is, that's 1, 1, 1. Thanks to our, all our uh, all our folks who have been supporting and listening to the show because it's exactly why we do it and we're so grateful for you. And yeah, thank you. Thanks very much. 